Hello everyone, my name is Rochelle Innocent and I'm the founder and CEO of Project Purpose. Welcome to our channel. Our community is focused on fostering the intellectual and character development in children. We do this through our parent-child workshops that are focused on four themes. Autonomy, self-efficacy, compassion, and self-concept in order to cultivate grit, perseverance, and resilience in each child. And we are so thrilled to be offering one of the first of its kind, digital, virtual, and continuous learning environments, enabling parents and children to connect from all around the world. At Project Purpose, our overarching mandate is to renew and rebuild family, community, and relationships. Our different social media platforms provide us with an opportunity to have discussions on all topics that relate to family, community, and relationships with ourselves as well as with others with a primary focus on mental health and education. More precisely, the ways that the institutions of mental health and education play a role and have played a role in our societies at large. These discussions and debates provide us with an opportunity to think critically about what needs to change within these structures for us to live up to our bold slogan, support, protect, and empower each child through youth-focused development, better known as leadership in juvenescence. We recognize that in valuing our children's leadership potential, this also translates as recreating and co-creating environments, both socially and politically, that will enable our children to thrive. For those of you who are particularly keen on the topic, we also write thought pieces every other Sunday. We have one scheduled to drop this upcoming Sunday, so be sure to meander over to the website and take a look at our online content. If it is the case that you're looking for a listening alternative, well, we're available on 10 different podcast platforms for your listening leisure, and we provided you access to the links in the description down below. Now, as is the convention, subscribe hit that post notification bell so that you are aware of every time we post and of course if you like our conversations and you want to keep them going like comment and share this segment let's get into it <laughs> hello ladies and gentlemen I hope you're all doing well and welcome to another segment here on project purpose for those of you who are new we cover topics that relate to mental health, mental wellness, and education on a week-by-week -week basis. And this week we're talking about mental wellness. Now, as you see in the description, we're going to be talking about managing the external gaze. Now, it took me a while to broach this topic because I really wasn't sure how to navigate this topic and how to address it. But I think that it's an important aspect of our mental well-being, learning how to deal with the thoughts, opinions, judgments, and attention of those around us. Now, the external gaze is me specifically you know making an effort to be neutral typically when we speak about the external gaze we're talking more about the male gaze as we live in a patriarchal society still I mean hopefully not forever but a lot of what informs the external gaze a lot of the social norms a lot of conventions and traditions that inform the external gaze are, are from a male dominant perspective but I do believe that that doesn't mean that men themselves aren't also impacted by the external gaze. So I decided to just give it a neutral label and call it the external gaze. And all of us have been impacted by the external gaze. All of us have been subject to thoughts, opinions, judgments of those around us. Most of them informed by stereotypes. Most of them very generalized assumptions about who we are, 
what value we bring, our level of attractiveness. And we've also had to deal with different layers and different degrees of consequences by the fact that we've attracted the external gaze. Now, I don't believe that many people have conversations about what happens when you attract unwanted attention. And all of us have attracted unwanted attention at some point in time. And I do believe that there are degrees of response by way of it. And I wanted to address that in this segment because sometimes what impacts our mental well-being is the unwanted attention of those around us. So us just kind of meandering, living our best lives, and then just attracting energy and attention just by showing up in different spaces and I think that that's fine as long as we're respectful and we recognize each other's humanity and you know we disengage as quickly as we engage if we find that that attraction that attention isn't going to be reciprocated but for those of us who aren't really quite sure how to deal with external attention how to deal with the external gaze how to deal with all that comes with the external gaze all that comes when people attend to you and they pay attention to you and they're like picking you apart and they're judging you harshly at times even and preemptively without all the right information well this is the segment for you i think this can have a real detrimental effect to our mental well-being especially if we take it all to heart and i think that's the first point that i want to make is it's important that we learn to distance ourselves from the external there's so much that informs the external that has absolutely nothing to do with us, right? So again, tradition, convention, stereotypes, generalizations, a lot of these things really do not play into our own sense of identity. So if that's what's at play and what's informing the external gaze, that we really shouldn't take it too seriously. And that's something that we'll figure out over time. And that's something that we can do either by ignoring it completely or by attending to it a little bit, but not allowing it to take root within ourselves and to make us feel unsure about ourselves to make us feel insecure. In any case, I want to give you my top three tips as to how to navigate and deal with the external gaze, especially in cases where it's not wanted and it's not appreciated. And hopefully that gives you the guardrails that you need in managing the external gaze as you interact in your day to day, as you navigate the different spaces that you're in, so on and so forth. So without further ado, let's jump into the segment. My first tip in dealing with the external gaze is specifically what is unwanted and that's politely declining and dismissing it. Now this generally works for the most part of people. If you're politely like, oh hey, like I appreciate the attention, I appreciate the compliment, so on and so forth, but you know, I'm not interested in reciprocating. Typically, this can be said very pragmatically. We don't need to be rude. We don't need to be brash about it, but just letting them know that you're not interested in reciprocating the attention or having it grow into something further, whether that's a friendship, whether that's an acquaintanceship, a relationship, so on and so forth. We can be polite about dismissing and declining. And I think that, I think people appreciate when we're polite because rejection can be fatal. It can be very hurtful. I think it takes a lot of courage and bravery to speak the attention that we offer out to others into existence. So you can respect the attempt, the effort, but we don't have to bend to it, right? Like if we don't see a future with this person in any capacity, then it is totally within our rights to decline and dismiss this attention, politely letting them know that you're just not interested. This brings us to my second tip. My second tip is ignore. So 
So if you find that you've lightly declined and dismissed the external attention that you're receiving and this person becomes very hostile, they are punitive, they want to harm you, they want to hurt you. These are just different grabs for your attention. So this is someone who has adopted the mindset that if I can't get your positive attention, then I'm going to seek out your negative attention. And because I'm trying to preserve my sense of self, my sense of power and authority, I'm going to punish you for not wanting to reciprocate the attention that I'm giving you. And I find that all of this is fairly pedestrian. I think this is pedestrian behavior. I think it's behavior of someone who hasn't matured quite fully emotionally, but it can be dangerous. And it can be dangerous if you engage. And even if you don't engage, but much worse if you do engage because any form of engagement is attention feeding back into this behavior, which feeds hope. And that sounds completely ridiculous, but I can tell you from personal experience and all of these tips I've garnished from personal experience, the best way to deal with someone who has reverted to seeking out negative attention if they can't get your positive attention is to completely ignore them. So ignore them even to yourself. So like any grabs that they make for your attention, no matter how grandiose, no matter how sneaky, no matter how much effort and attention and resources that they're putting into trying to get aspects of your attention, completely ignore it. I think that you ignore it until they burn themselves out because energy peters out if it's not being fueled. And if you're ignoring them, then you're not fueling the energy that they're pushing out towards you, trying to get you to pay attention to them against your will. And I think that that's a lot of what takes place when someone starts to react very badly to the fact that you do not want to engage with them. You don't want anything to do with them. And they start, you know, freaking out and, and acting out of character. And you think to yourself, well, hey, I dodged a bullet. Clearly, why would I want to engage with someone who behaves this way when they're met with rejection? All of us at some point in time are going to deal with rejection. And for those of you who feel inclined to punish others because you've been rejected, because you feel like you're so high above everyone else that you're above rejection, I mean, you need to get a reality check. All of us have experienced rejection. All of us have brushed the rejection off and gone on with our lives. And our life does go on, right? It's not a big deal. It's not the end of the world if someone doesn't want to engage with you. But if you make it a big deal, if someone is making a big deal with you, ignore them completely. But that doesn't mean you don't do tip number three. And the tip number three that I have for you is document and report. So even though you're ignoring them specifically, you're not engaging with them. You're not giving them any energy back. You're capturing every single thing that they've done that shows that you know their behavior is rash. Like their behavior is rash. It's escalating. It's becoming dangerous. It's starting to impact your sense of security, your sense of safety, because this person is spiraling out. For the most part of the population, if you ignore them, it peters out. But there's a small subset of the population, you ignore them, and they still find a way to fuel that fire, and they keep it up, and they keep escalating, and they keep making things much worse for you in their attempt to punish you for having the audacity to reject them. So in this case, still, I would say ignore them, like don't engage with them whatsoever, but document everything and begin reporting them. Report them to everyone and anyone that you can until someone can hold them accountable to their behavior. And that's because you don't want to deal with someone who's irrational and so out of touch with reality that they think that they have the authority and the power to punish you for not wanting to engage with them. So if that's the way that they think, I mean, there's nothing that you can do about that other than use the 
powers and the systems and the and the different resources that are in place that curbs the access that those people have to you because they can't control their behavior in reference to their external gaze and all of us at a certain point couldn't like if we we're little children learning how to kind of manage our emotions then we expect that right we expect the tantrums and we help mold and we help you know teach children how to behave more appropriately but if you're dealing with a grown adult who is much stronger than you has much more power than you has much more access to resources than you and they're really going out of their way to make your life miserable that's illegal that's not something that they have the right to do that is something that warrants criminal recourse and I think that if they're really dead set on punishing you because you have the audacity to not want to have anything to do with them then that's the course that you're going to need to take I do believe that it's important not to feed into their energy not to interact with them directly but you document every single thing that they've done and do not feel bad do not feel guilty about reporting them people who feel like rejection is something that is met with rage and with ongoing punishment and with ongoing making your life miserable and making you feel uncomfortable and making you feel unsafe these people are not healthy members of our society these people need additional support they need help regardless of who they are their social status how far they've gotten in their lives if this is how they react in the face of rejection then you know again this criminal recourse but the best thing that you can do for yourself rather than engage with them directly especially if you recognize that there's a power disparity there is to document report everything and keep multiple parties abreast of what's going on so that if anything does happen the god forbid you have people who are looking out for you you have people who are aware of what's going on aware of the parties involved and on standby so ready for these people to misstep because of course this is cowardice like these people typically will act in the dark and the shadows expecting that you're not really going to have a sense of of who they are and, and how far they're going to try to get your attention but have different people on standby who understand what's going on who you really do trust will support you and will hold them accountable if anything worse were to take place now i think that this is a deeper conversation when we talk about the external gaze so much can be garnished by way of statistics in terms of how different groups of individuals are marginalized as a result of the external gaze are persecuted or victimized or targeted by the external gaze so this is much deeper than what i've addressed in this conversation i think we're going to talk about it a lot more because it's complicated the external gaze is culturally informed it's socially informed it's gender informed there's just so many degrees of intersectionality and the ways that the external gaze can be detrimental to us more so than helpful to us right because again like it's informed by different conventions traditions stereotypes and generalizations that don't necessarily attribute to yourself directly but i thought that it was important to cover the topic and to give you a sense of how to navigate appropriately now before tuning out i wanted to let you know that we'll be going live twice a month every month on our facebook page so definitely be sure to check that out these events are paid events but if you do see yourself engaging with our community on an ongoing basis then be sure to check out our package plan which gives you unlimited access to our live events and also access to webinars and workshops over and above our live events hopefully this was helpful to you and we look forward to chatting with you soon <laughs>